0: Think it should be pretty straightforward.
1: You think it should be straightforward, but with you, Rich Hill, you never know. It's what true. kind of weird what kind of weird turns these podcasts of ours take. I know, right? Like throwing some curveballs. That's kind of how you roll, and that's why I love you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's do this. You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit podcast. I am Alex Shane here with Rich Hill. Week se- week one of the preseason is in the books. Week two was on the horizon. Patriots Titans coming up. Lot to break down. We got one actual football game to talk about, which is nice. Instead of sitting here speculating like a couple of idiots, Rich, how are you feel
0: about that? <laughs> uh, it feels pretty great, especially with the final outcome there. Patriots beat the Lions last Thursday, 31 to three. It was absolute annihilation. I loved watching it because you got to see so many of these Patriots' death players really stand out, get their opportunity, and honestly, as the the first preseason game of the season you got to see a lot of these young guys kind of living out their dreams for the first time ever.
1: Yeah, no, it was great. I know, obviously, it's the backups versus the backups, but in the battle of the backups, the Patriots backups backed up the Lions backups, big time. <laughs> I think there's a stat where it was late into the fourth quarter, the Lions still hadn't put a point on the board, and they had, like, negative 11 yards net on the entire game. That's just a really bad look. I know it's preseason, you can't get anything into that, but... As, as much as one can hope for out of a week one preseason matchup, I think we got it as Patriots fans. We saw Jarrett Stidham make his debut. We saw some younger receivers who we've been talking about out there contributing. We saw the offensive linemen protect the quarterbacks. We saw the defense be stifling. All in all, nothing to really glean from it from a – Regulars in perspective, but a lot of fun to watch regardless.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I always love seeing the young guys really getting their opportunity out there. And I thought it'd be a good place to start with the Patriots offense, kind of go through who are some of the players that really stepped up, made the most of their opportunities. And then on the other side of that coin, who really kind of came up short or, you know, lost some ground in some of these battles. So Alec, if you had to choose... Top one or two players on the Patriots offense who made the most of last Thursday's game?
1: For the offense, I'm gonna go with Jarrett Stidham. I know it's an easy pick, but he's not gonna be starting this year barring disaster, but he was really effective. He was 14 to 24 for 179 yards and a touchdown. He probably could have had two more if there weren't some drops, but it wasn't so much the throws he made. It was more the overall pocket awareness he had. He stepped up in the pocket, he threw the ball out of bounds, he didn't resort to scrambling. I think it's very easy for younger mobile quarterbacks to kind of just default to scrambling if the first read's not there. He didn't do that. I still think he's a little hesitant, and he holds on to the ball a little bit too long, but for his first game as a rookie, I was really impressed with him, and I'm excited for him to develop under Tom Brady for another year or two.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love what he was doing out there. I was looking at some of the numbers for other rookie quarterbacks in the preseason, and honestly, other than Jimmy Garoppolo from back in 2014— I think that Jarrett Stidham had the best rookie premiere for a Patriots quarterback ever, uh, you know, under Bill Belichick, other than that Garoppolo outing because – Stidham was outstanding. He made all of the throws, as you said. There were drops that prevented him from racking up even more statistics, but I liked it better than what we saw from, you know, Ryan Mallett back in 2011, Jacoby Brissett from 2016. Uh, you know, you can throw in the late rounders like Danny Etling and Zach Robinson or Brian Hoyer back in 2009. All those together, other than Garoppolo from 2014, I thought Stidham's performance was the best, and I think that's super reassuring for. A, why the Patriots took that chance on him in the draft, because all the reports were that Stidham had so much potential, he just didn't have the consistency, but the big question was, was that lack of consistency because that coaching staff was so terrible, and if you simply just put Stidham with a good coaching staff, he'd be the best quarterback in the draft, and if if this is where he's starting from, the sky's the limit for what he can do. Oh, completely agree with that.
1: He didn't have the best chances in college because of the option offense that they ran there, and he never really got a chance to, to showcase his wares, but as solid a first as can be expected. Looking forward to seeing more out of him uh, against the Titans in Week 2, which we'll get to a little bit down the line. Uh, how about you, Rich? Who was your big offensive standout for well, the Lions game?
0: Yeah, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to Brian Hoyer, too, because even though Stidham was definitely one of the stars, Hoyer was probably the best player on the Patriots overall. You would expect it because this is his you know like 11th or 12th year in the league but he was outstanding I mean he really showed why he should remain the Patriots top backup at least for now and this was a great way to advertise to other teams if they are in need of a quarterback come week three week four of the preseason heck if we see some more progress from Stidham through the regular season maybe Hoyer could get traded in the middle of the year but 12 or 14 147 yards, two touchdowns, pass rating of 150. He was in complete control the entire time against, like, not the top lines defense. You know, Trey Flowers wasn't playing, but it was not like he was playing against all of the backups. You know, he was the first one out there. So he did his job out there, wanted to give him a shout-out. But the big winner I really want to talk about. Jacoby Myers, Mr. Yeah. Jacoby Myers, six catches, 69 yards, two touchdowns. They did not play him late in the game, which really shows that he has solidified his position at the top of the wide receiver depth chart. Undrafted guy out of NC state, making the most of every single opportunity that he had. He caught balls, you know, in the middle of the field in traffic by the sideline. He did everything. He outplayed first round pick Nikhil Harry. He was the best receiver for the Patriots. And honestly, uh, Could he be the Patriots' number two receiver at the start of the year? That very well could happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, not only that, but the Patriots are obviously back to practice now in lieu of the Lions game getting ready for Tennessee, and Myers continues to stand out. Uh, Recently today in camp, he caught a back end zone pass from Tom Brady. He had a diving catch on a Brian Hoyer throw. Uh, He got Jonathan Jones deep. He got some separation there. And uh, fun fact, he was a quarterback in high school, Kobe Brissett. Uh, so he was actually finished today by throwing apparently some absolute darts to some of uh, the younger uh, fellow rookie receivers and some defensive backs. So there's a possibility where I can see like a Danny Etling, Julian Edelman, Jacoby Myers, Tom Brady, like quadruple option pass that is possibly <laughs> in the playbook now. Um, obviously, any I'm sure you feel the same way. Anytime you get these kind of rookie wide receiver standouts, you want to take it with a very big grain of salt, uh, see Sudfeld, Zach. But uh, he's done everything asked of him and more. There's a lot of reason to be excited about him. And it's funny how when it was March or April, even into May – there was all this talk about how thin the Patriots are wide receiver. And now the conversation's like, how are they going to keep all these guys? It's amazing how much can happen in, in a short amount of weeks?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Edelman's definitely going to be a roster lock. And, I mean, Harry is as well as the first-round pick. Dorsett, you'll throw him in there. But when you have Jacoby Myers locking up that fourth spot, uh, Harris had a little bit of a decline, I would say. If I had to choose one player that had a rough outing that I was expecting more from, it would be Harris, who... Did not have a bad outing by any means. You know, he had three catches, 27 yards, and a touchdown. But he also dropped two what probably could have been touchdowns as well. And that was not a great, uh, you know, maximization of his opportunities out there. And uh, Dontrell Inman might not make the roster as well. So you have these veterans kind of vying for those last spots. And they're being outplayed by the younger guys because even Braxton Berrios was playing a little bit better. But you love seeing these younger guys out there. Don't, as you said, we shouldn't overhype their production, but Jacoby Myers, uh, 69 yards and two touchdowns, he is the only Patriots rookie receiver, uh, or rookie or first year receiver over the past decade to get two touchdowns in the very first preseason game of the season. He is in pretty solid company when it comes to standout players who really took advantage of their opportunities so I think he's going to be a little bit more than a Zach Sudfeld and I think that he might be more in like the Malcolm Mitchell range of what he could potentially bring to the table I would be all about
1: that my man Uh, one person who's not really doing so well at the receiver spot looks like an experiment that's doomed for failure Uh, I mentioned Danny Etling a little while ago and he just isn't really getting it done as a receiver. Uh, He only got one target, and it kind of bounced off his hands a little bit. He's not playing well in practice and training camp. He's not getting separation. He was the cause of a couple picks today from both uh, Hoyer and Stidham. It's bounced off his hands. Um, I don't think he will be on this team come September as a third quarterback, fourth quarterback, or as an emergency receiver guy. I think his, his days in New England are numbered.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see him still landing on the practice squad just because he has that versatility of playing four or five different positions up for the scout team. But he has a long way to go to make an NFL team as an actual player, as more than a practice guy. So I agree with you. I think that the Patriots quarterback chart has really solidified a little bit more. Um, But I would say... For the better, it's not like they the Patriots have not had the options, you know, at wide receiver at quarterback because you know no one's been stepping up to the opportunity. You've had these players that have been doing a good enough job that you know what I don't expect Jacoby Myers to be a thousand yard receiver as a rookie, but I, I think that the Patriots are going to be fine for for all the question marks that entered the team for this year. I think they're going to be fine other than potentially at tight end and maybe we can talk about offensive tackle afterwards but first with tight end Matt Lacoste left the game a little bit hobbled didn't practice on Monday Ben Watson's going to be suspended for the first four games of the season Lance Kendricks finally returned to practice on Monday this is a very very shallow team at tight end Uh, Mike Reese actually reported that they acquired a guy from the the atlanta falcons that has not been solidified just yet alec do we have any hope for these tight ends or are we going to see a lot more spread offense or maybe we'll have you know a couple running backs on the field
1: yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think you can pronounce it Salbert, but I'm not sure. Eric Salbert, Eric Salbert. I don't know how to Sorbet. pronounce it. Sorbe. Uh, Sor. <laughs> I like it. Eric Sorbe. I think it was a seventh round pick they got him for. So um, special teams value and probably not much else. Yeah, I know the Patriots definitely shifted in 2018 to a run first team. They ran the ball behind Sony Michel a lot and Rex Burkhead, James Devlin. They had a lot of big jumbo sets. So I think that as long as the tight end unit for the Patriots can excel in the blocking game, I think that's where they'll see the most of their action. Maybe a kind of Dwayne Allen mold They get a couple of receptions a year. They were just fine without tight ends in the past, I think Belichick's been trying for a very long time to build this kind of two-tight-end juggernaut. It never quite worked out, ironically, starting with Daniel Graham and Ben Watson, who's now back on the team, but just never quite panned out, and Belichick's very good at adapting, so I don't see the tight ends being a major factor in offensive production until Gronk magically unretires in late November, but uh, until that happens, it's going to be a lot of running the ball, a lot of three, four wide receiver sets, and a lot of receiving backs. Uh, I think that's going to be just fine with it, and I'm not worried about it. It's more just a matter of how they kind of find their chemistry. And these new receivers, one thing we actually haven't talked about, one thing I must be paying more attention to as the preseason goes on and these games get more and more uh, quote-unquote serious is how the Joby Myers and the Braxton Berrios and the Dontrell Inman team or the Harris, how they play as blocking receivers. That's a very important part of any Bill Belichick offense, running game, Hitchcock, or otherwise. And if these guys can't stick their blocks direct the right way, uh, that's actually a big detriment to them. So that's kind of what the next thing I'm looking for in the receiving and tight end cores: how well they block at the line.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Harry showed a pretty good ability to, to go blocking out on the, the open field. But absolutely. And if, if you're a tight end, you can't block. And they're clearly just not as talented at receiving. If I were the Patriots, I'd just say, you know what, let's just use two running backs out there. They can chip if they need to, or we'll just use extra wide receivers. And if we need to have a big blocker, we'll just use one of our new offensive tackles. And one of those things, Dan Skipper... Did a very solid job at tackle for the very first time. He's six foot nine. he's enormous, he held down the left tackle spot because Isaiah Wynn is still working his way back from injury. He started working with the first team finally this Monday, so that bodes well for what his availability might be when it comes to uh, the Saturday's game against the Tennessee Titans, but... Dan Skipper did pretty well, uh, you can't complain, and you have your classic guys of uh, you know Marcus Cannon on the opposite end of the line, uh, you'll have Isaiah Wynn working his way back in, they just brought back Cole Croston to the roster, so if I were the Patriots and I don't want to use one of my tight ends, I would just say, yeah, put 6'9 Dan Skipper out on there at tight end and good luck, I'd even be very comfortable throwing him a jump ball in the end zone because he's so tall.
1: No, for sure. The Patriots have done that in the past. They, they kind of like the tight end turn. Lineman Nate Solder was a tight end in college and, and in high school, so they're definitely adapted doing that. And they've got a lot of big guys. I think we've talked about it all offseason, Rich, how this team is just getting bigger uh, in every position almost. Uh, hopefully Isaiah Wynn can continue to improve and get better, because I do still think he is the left tackle incumbent, but we will see how he performs in game situation. Hopefully he's fully back from, from that Achilles injury. Uh, shift to the defense now. The defense played great, obviously lights out. Backups against backups again, but giving up three points, and those three points didn't come until very late in the fourth quarter. That's as close to pitching a shot as you're going to get. Pretty impressive. Who's the one player that really stood out to you, Rich, on the defensive side of the ball?
0: Oh, I mean, there were a handful. I was very, very impressed by so many different – you know, at the different levels. But my the one that turned my head the most was probably Keon Crossan. And hmm. that was a little bit of a surprise for me. I you know, I, I feel like Chase Winowich, uh deserves some credit as well. But Keon Crossan did a great job. And he's in a tough battle for that final uh, cornerback spot. And he had two passes defended. He was all over the field. He was making some solid open field tackles. You know, he missed something here and there. But when it comes down to who's going to actually make the roster at that cornerback spot, He has Stephon Gilmore as a lock. Jason McCourty, Jonathan Jones, and Jojuan Williams are all locks. And then uh, J.C. Jackson. So you're, you're looking at five cornerbacks that I would say are definitely making the team. And Keon Crossan is going to have to make a huge, huge statement that he deserves a roster spot because carrying six cornerbacks is you know, usually only <coughs> reserved for draft picks or players that have really made a huge impact. And so Crossan could be the future of the special teams unit. He's a good gunner. But the fact that he showed up on defense, made a few good plays, I think that bodes really well for him because Duke Dawson had a terrible day out there at cornerback. He had a couple penalties out there. He was allowing some receptions. Not a good outing for that uh, second round pick. I don't expect Duke Dawson to make the team at this rate just because of a, how much better Keon Crossan's playing, but just because he hasn't been playing well enough himself. Yeah, I agree. I actually, I'm looking back, I'm trying to think
1: about having actually even registered Dawson's name when I was going through and watching. I don't remember him at all at any point even being on the field. Now, sometimes that's a good thing if you're a defensive back, but I think in the preseason you want to be able to know for making plays. I can count a lot of defensive backs that are out there. They at least broke a pass up. Uh, Jawan Williams had the kind of a, a lousy penalty, a really weak penalty, but he looked pretty solid. He had five uh, five total tackles. He was out there. Duke Dawson cannot think of a single thing he did, and when you're very limited in the reps you're getting and you want to stand out, he did nothing of the sort. So, yeah, that, that's a good kind of uh, yin and yang of, of good and suck for you right there. You know, it's remarkable I'm saying this in terms of the guy that stood out for me because it's not really a name I'd ever think to be mentioning in the week one of the preseason. But I got to say, it. I was really impressed with Jamie Collins. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised. I was. I think earlier in our our off-season podcast, I was talking about, is he a roster lock? I I was very curious as to whether he'd be the kind of freak athletic talent that was on the Patriots or the kind of overpaid contract guy that was on the Browns. And he was a menace. He was wearing number eight, which threw me for a loop. But once I figured out who the hell it was, I was like, wow, Jamie Collins looks great right now. He had a couple of sacks, uh, at least one sack, one tackle for a loss. Wasn't out there too much, but in limited reps, really impressed with him. And that maybe hammered home even more just how excited I am for the potential – of this New England linebacking core in 2019
0: oh absolutely I'm actually going to be really bummed when Jamie Collins has to change from wearing number eight because I think that's amazing when linebackers get to wear single digits (laughs) even though for just a short period of time but I think you're absolutely right and that's something that Bill Belichick noticed himself too because hey the Patriots are running a 3-4 defense again everyone they they have finally went full circle they have had enough depth at linebacker that they didn't have beforehand where it just simply makes sense to run the 3 four again and they're only having you know they're having his four linebackers out on the field and partially that's because jamie collins dante hightower and kyle van noy can all play defensive end outside linebacker and inside linebacker and that gives them a lot of flexibility with whichever fronts they want to go out with and i think that bodes really well for jamie collins being a super impact player for the patriots this year because if you put him on the end of the line I see this being a potential opportunity where his return could kind of mirror what Patrick Chung did when he came back in 2014, where Patrick Chung was playing out of position for the beginning time in New England because they're having him as the deep safety. They finally figured out, you know what, let's make him a strong safety. He plays linebacker in the slot, and he's been one of the most important players on the Patriots defense for the past five years. You have Jamie Collins. Patriots, you know, they put him at inside linebacker. He did very well. He's very, very capable there. But when he went to the Cleveland Browns, they asked him to play on the edge. Did not go super well, but it wasn't because they didn't have the talent or he didn't have the talent. It might have just been poor scheming. And the Patriots are putting him on the edge again. They're playing him opposite of Kyle Van Noy, so he'll have opportunities to cover running backs in the open field, which will be super important. He'll be able to go after the quarterback a little bit. That'll help out his statistics. And you know, this is a contract year for Jamie Collins, so maybe he'll have, to have a, a really solid production on the outside. I love, absolutely love the depth at linebacker as well. And honestly, if the Patriots are able to kind of maximize on their potential, this could be one of the best Patriots defenses we've seen under Bill Belichick.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, I'm trying to think if I had to pick right now who my starting linebacker core would be game one, I guess it would be Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, and Jawan Bentley, is yep. he your fourth linebacker right now, or is it a combination of Jawan Bentley
0: and Landon Roberts? Who's getting that fourth linebacker spot, Rich? Yeah, I would put Bentley in the middle next to Hightower when you have four linebackers on the field. Yeah, I like that. But that's just that's just a bearish of the
1: riches, and Belichick's always been a linebacker junkie, and there was a period, which I don't want to talk about, in 2009, 10, and 11, where there just wasn't anybody really back there of, of, of note. It was like Tully, Banta, Kane one of your better linebackers is always a bad scene, but that, <laughs> those, those days are behind us. And there are a lot of things I like about there are some guys that are that are listed as linebackers um, that are like uh, Shalik Calhoun is listed as a linebacker. Usually yep. a more defensive end guy. I think you could technically make a case for playing Winov- uh, Winovich, like a Rob Ninkovich kind of roles, like a edge kind of linebacker guy. So there's a lot of linemen that have that, that linebacker versatility as well. Should make some really interesting defensive packages. It makes me wonder in this game against the Titans coming up on Saturday if they're going to experiment a little bit and play these guys maybe out of position a little bit and see how how versatile they really are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we can't talk
0: about this game without highlighting the fact that the Patriots racked up nine sacks. Yeah. Nine sacks. Derek Rivers had two. Chase Winovich had one and a half, so he shared one with Byron Cowart. Even Jamie Collins, Juwan Bentley, they had sacks of their own. Add in Shalik Calhoun. So all of these players were generating pressure the Patriots aren't going to do their four-man fronts like they were doing in the past. Doug Hyde did a really nice job over at Nessun showing all the packages that were utilized in the very first game. And as you said, I mean, they have so much depth on the defensive or at, outside linebacker when you're looking at Collins, Hightower, Van Noy, Adam Winovich, Adan John Simon as well. Can't forget about him. But if Derek Rivers is able to play as well as he did and Shalik Calhoun can contribute, you have so much talent that could potentially rush the quarterback so long as you have fine players in the middle and they have more than fine players if you're looking at uh, Lawrence Guy and then Mike Pennell they're both very solid guys this is going to be a fearsome defensive front you're not going to be able to run against them and they're athletic enough that you're not going to be able to throw on them with certain mismatches out of the running back spot and that's been the biggest Achilles heel for the Patriots for a while.
1: That running back wheel route, I do not want to talk about it. I would love to see that get fixed. That's been like a six-year problem for the So maybe this iteration of the defense 2019 has finally figured out how to stop a running back, running a wheel route out of the backfield. Good chance to test that this Saturday against Tennessee Titans because they have some good pass-catching running backs. Maybe you'll see some starters out there. Rich, what are you looking to see in this week two of the preseason that maybe the build-off of? it? want to see improve on? What are you watching out for the most as the Patriots take on the Titans on Saturday?
0: Yeah, well, first thing, I I would be really hopeful to see if Isaiah Wynn can go out there and play. That would be fantastic for his timeline to return to the field, be great for the offensive line because that is the ideal that the Patriots coaching staff has is Isaiah Wynn at left tackle, playing next to Joe Tooney, who would really settle him down out there. So if Isaiah Wynn can develop more, uh, you know, just by playing that would be fantastic but beyond that simple you know players getting back on the field i am most curious to watch what happens with the the offensive skill players and i'm talking about both the tight ends and the wide receivers because as we mentioned earlier in this podcast only some of these positions are locks you know you have edelman harry dorsett those are your three locks really everything else is up in the air and so whichever players can stand out they're going to win roster spots and i know that you know dorsett was given a lot of money jacoby myers has stood out that's all well and good they're the they're leading i would say to get those roster spots but if any player can really show up against this titans defense and we're going to see some old friends out there with logan ryan uh malcolm butler got some good friends out there. If the Patriots <laughs> wide receivers are able to produce against them, that'll be fantastic for their opportunities to really make the team and we'll see which ones get to line up first team with Tom Brady who should make his debut. Yeah,
1: that's that's the, really the key, isn't it? Really? So Tom Brady will be out there for at least probably the first quarter if I had to guess on Saturday with this, well, probably uh Michelle will be out there and maybe not Burke because he's still rehabbing, but I think the the number 1 quarterback and running back will be out there and the number one at least iteration of the offensive line will be out there so this will be a good dress rehearsal for any of these skill guys that had a good day against uh, the lions backup dbs with a backup quarterback if they can duplicate that performance with Tom Brady throwing the ball, mainly I'm curious to see who Brady targets the most. Because Brady, once you earn Brady's trust, he goes to you sometimes and expects you to, to maybe bail the offense out. He'll throw balls up there sometimes, Hope you can go get it. Did this to Gronk all the time. Did it to Randy Moss back in the day. So if there's any particular player that has Tom Brady's trust, you know, obviously it's the preseason. We're not going to go too much into it. But if he targets Jacoby Myers like four or five times in that first drive, I think that will be very telling. And if he doesn't target him at all, that first drive goes a lot of Dorsett, maybe a lot to James White if he's out there, uh, you know, maybe a of Julian Edelman if he plays. would be very curious to see if he can come back from his injury. Probably not, but you never know. i will be very curious to see which of these kind of guys are talking about these these standouts in camp see actual passes from Tom Brady in a game situation.
0: That's actually a really good point, too, because you, you look at some of the other players that received a lot of hype in years past. Uh, you know, I mean, Jacob Hollister made the team, that, and Kembrel Tompkins, those were, like, deserved hype. But you look at some of the other players out there over the years that people have been like, oh, my gosh, he's the next big thing. We can talk about, like, Austin Carr. He, you know, can you guess, you know, Austin Carr, 2017, big production. What was his high number of yardage uh, in a preseason game with the Patriots? Oh, geez, Austin Carr. Maybe like week four, he had like 110 yards. Nope. The, no. His highest was 44 receiving yards. Right? I was Samsonite. Right? I was way off. Unbelievable. Or actually, wow. you know what? Yeah, sorry. Maybe in week four, it changed a little bit there. But uh, he had 48 yards in, in week four. I apologize. So, you know, you have some of these players that you get a lot of high hopes for, and nothing really happens for them. You know, and you could say even like DJ Foster, I think that he had a great opportunity, but he never really got more than uh, you know 50 receiving yards outside of that final game. And so the players that were able to stand out in the earliest weeks, those are the ones that you should really watch out for because those are the ones that the coaching staff wants to get the best look at. And so if Jacoby Myers, Braxton Berrios, those are the players that can really stand out, I would say that they have a better opportunity to actually contribute on the offensive side similar to that Cambrell Tompkins mold than if they were to kind of just disappear and not contribute. And if that were the case, as you said, if he starts targeting Phil Dorsett more than he does Jacoby Myers, then that's really telling that maybe he won't have a huge role for this year.
1: So, Rich, if you had to pick one player on the offense that has the most to prove this coming Saturday, who would it be?
0: If the most approved, probably uh, Jacoby Myers, I would say. But uh, the most approved is mostly because, as we were saying, if if he is able to live up to the competition, that'll really solidify his role in that offense. And he's already leading in camp. He's already being uh, one of the most trusted receivers during practice, and that means a lot to the coaching staff. And if he's able to continue to deliver it, do it again for a second week, that'll really solidify a roster spot. So he has the most there. I would say who has the, the most to gain, possibly? Braxton Berrios. I would say that this, this final wide receiver spot is completely up in the air. And if we're talking about uh, the ones that are taken as being Dorsett, Edelman, and Harry, and then potentially Jacoby Myers in this theoretical, the Patriots will probably only carry five wide receivers. And so that means that Maurice Harris, Braxton Berrios, Dontrell Inman are all competing for that same exact spot. And I really liked what Braxton Berrios was doing on kick returns. I thought that that was really fun to watch him doing his punt returns. He had four of them for 35 yards, one of them for 14 yards. So he was doing some pretty great stuff out there. He was a fine receiver. He was second on the team with three catches, caught all of his targets for 45 yards. He was showing a a lot of ability in the middle of the field. So he has the opportunity to kind of steal away that final Wide receiver spot because of his special teams ability, because he can add some backups talent if Edelman and Everett loses time. So I think Berrios has the most opportunity or the most to win from a great production.
1: I like that. And Berrios did really well in week one. Hopefully can build on it. We were talking about tight ends earlier, Rich. I think this is a really good game for Ryan Izzo to maybe do something because that Lacoste probably won't play. He was banged up a little bit in that first week. Lance Hendricks is still wearing the red non-contact jersey, and they want to get some tight end there for the first four weeks that Ben Watson is out. That basically leaves Ryan Izzo and then rookie tight end Andrew Beck as the main guys, and Steven Anderson, too. I guess you can count him in there as well. But I think Ryan Izzo has a lot to prove and a really good opportunity on Saturday to be a good blocker, maybe a receiving outlet. Hopefully he can make a name for himself as a, as some kind of threat, because that's going to be a, a tough maybe third tight end if they keep three tight ends. Very curious as to if that's the case. Good shot for him this Saturday
0: yeah absolutely he'll have all the opportunity in the world I think it's good to note uh who is playing at tight end last game and Matt Lacoste definitely led the way until his injury but Andrew Beck had the second most snaps at tight end uh or like behind Ryan Izzo. Izzo had 45 snaps. The Patriots were giving him all the opportunity in the world to really show that he can get that spot. He didn't capitalize fully as a receiver, only one catch for five yards on three targets, but they want him out there. I would expect him to kind of be the clubhouse leader. Steven Anderson only had three snaps on offense. That shows how far back he is. So Izzo, I agree with you. If he can really steal that spot, opportunity there if he can block because he's probably the best blocking tight end on the roster if he can show any semblance of being a receiver that'll be great for his opportunity to make the team
1: what about on defense rich is there a player in particular you're watching out for on the defensive side of the ball
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm always excited to see more of the players on that defensive front. I want to see if there's any more consistency from those pass rushers that we were talking about with the Patriots because uh, Michael Bennett will probably make his return. Lawrence Guy should make his debut as well. Um, Mike Pennell should maybe get more time but I think that's interesting that Danny Shelton outplayed him in that last game because Pennell got that big contract this offseason so I want to see who plays with the the top units on that defensive front what does the team have in store for Dietrich Wise who doesn't necessarily fit this 3-4 front anymore unless he puts on a little bit more weight so whether players like Derek Rivers and Shalit Calhoun can double down on their great opening from last week. That was what I'll be looking for. And whether someone like Chase Winovich can show that what he did last week is a sign of great things to come for the number 50.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Shalit Calhoun because I just cannot get a read on that guy to save my life. He had a great sack. He looked good. He disappears at times. I'm I, I, I have to watch him more because he's one of those players. He kind of came into the Patriots, and I was like, huh, I don't know who that guy is. Didn't know where he came from. Did some research on him. I couldn't name a single play he made last year. Everyone's raving about him in camp. So I'm gonna be paying attention much more to him as well. This, this game against the Titans, because I think the offensive line's a little stronger in Tennessee. Mike Vrabel knows the system in New England, obviously, very well, so it'll be an interesting way to see how Shirley Calhoun can build off of that. And, of course, Winovich is, is kind of making a name for himself as a, as a New England folk hero already. So <laughs> Hopefully he can build on that.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. His hair is just simply majestic, and I'm really <laughs> excited to have that around forever. Slash, actually, when they're going to do their rookie haircuts, that has to be a thing, right? Maybe he gets to get a waiver so he doesn't have to do it?
1: I don't know. I, if I was them, I'd give them the uh, the Hulk Hogan, where it's like bald on top and just like blonde and long. <laughs> I think that would be a great look.
0: That would be hilarious. Yeah. Well, we'll have a lot more to break down. I'm really excited. We're finally getting to the swing of things. Week two of the preseason, Patriots will be playing at Tennessee. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock, again on Saturday the 17th. You can follow along on patspulpit.com for all of our information. Alec, do you have any final thoughts? Do you have any desire, just for fun, Rich, to make a prediction for this game? Who's going to win? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Um, do you want to go first? Or... Yeah, sure, I'll go first. I don't know who won last season. I
1: haven't checked out the the, the the countdown. I do know you picked against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, so for nothing other reason than that, I will pick first this time. Um, I say the Patriots keep the streak going and win 21-10. to 10. Let's, Sure, what Ooh. the hell?
0: That is a that is a low scoring affair that hopefully yep. we can turn off at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I have you know I have the Titans winning this one because okay. the, you know it's worked very well when I picked against the Patriots. That's true. So I will continue that. Ryan Tannehill is going to light it up, uh, throwing it to Cody Hollister. We didn't even talk about uh, the Adam Humphreys Bowl. You know he spurned the Patriots' advances this offseason to stay with the Titans. But I would also add in that A.J. Brown, Titans got him in the second round at wide receiver. He was my favorite receiver in the draft, so I'm excited to see what he can do. A lot of talent on this Titans defense. I expect them to kind of get a better opportunity. The Patriots might get a lead out in the first, second quarters, go into the halftime up something like 17 to, to 10 but over this course of the second half i think that stidham will get some fair amount of time he might show up a little bit more like a rookie and the titans will be able to flip it and they ultimately will win that one 27 to 23 27 23
1: all right well i had completely forgotten till just now that ryan Tannehill is now on the on the titans oh yeah They're... That makes this game that much more exciting.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Must watch television, Alec. (laughs) (laughs) We will break this down next Monday. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one.
1: You too, buddy. See ya.
0: Later.